goodness. Okay, got it. Hi guys, this is Zach Welch, and this is the Good Life Bow Hunter, the official podcast of the NBA. And today I don't have Kyle with me. He's busy making the slideshow for this weekend's upcoming banquet. So I know he was wanting to get one recorded at the banquet this weekend, and I won't be able to make that one. So I guess this makes up for it. Um, quick announcements for the NBA. I don't have a whole lot other than obviously, like I just said, the banquet's coming up this weekend. Um, I unfortunately myself, I, I won't be there. I'd love to, um, just got too much going on and recently visit home, visited home for Christmas. So, I uh, thought I'd save my days and hopefully next year can make it and see everyone. Um, Melissa Bachman's a speaker. Um, if you haven't got your tickets yet, I, I guess I haven't checked the website. I assume you can still get on and get tickets. I know they usually have some left over that you can get at the door. Um, all the schedule, everything can be found in the newsletter or online. Um, if you haven't ever been there, I can't recommend it enough. It's a great time. You get to meet a lot of great people, um, swap some stories, and, and uh, it's one of my favorite weekends of the year. Anyways, without further ado, I have a pretty special guest on today. We've been trying to get him on for a while, and I know he's had a kind of had his hands full recently. He's been real busy. He's a good friend of mine, longtime friend, fellow NBA member, um, and he, I will mention, he had, like I said, he's been busy. He's got a new baby, so if you hear some background noise or anything, um, just excuse the excuse the noise. I'm I, uh, we'll do our best that we can, but that happens. I'm sure you've heard Kyle's dogs in the background before too, and we've made it work. So, uh, bear with us. So without further ado, here is Sage Gideon. I'll have Sage introduce himself and talk about his life as, uh, his non-bow hunting life. And then we'll get into some stories and stuff with Sage. Yeah. Thanks Zach. Um, appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I always love listening to the podcast. I think you guys do a really good job to, you know, promote the NBA and get a lot of good people and a lot of good conversations going on here. So um, appreciate you having me. But yeah, my name is Sage Gideon. Um, I'm from Burwell, Nebraska. Originally, I currently live in West Point, Nebraska with my wife. And like Zach mentioned, we just have a newborn baby. He's just one month old now. So um, we're really excited for that. And yeah, I, uh, I am a school teacher. Um, I also coach football, wrestling and track. So coach year round basically, but, but yeah, so that's, that's my life. So you've been pretty busy recently. Oh yeah. Show me the video before too, man. Max, a Max, a little cutie. Oh yeah, he, he is. Oh yeah. Well, Sage, um, we'll dive in. I know, uh, I was going to say earlier, been a life member of the NBA. I suppose your dad probably had you as an NBA member probably the day you were born. But uh, why don't you talk a little bit about the NBA, kind of early childhood memories from it. Man, I know we were probably running around Halsey in our underwear when we were, you know. Oh, yeah. Right when we can start walking. But uh, talk about your history in the NBA, kind of your involvement with it. And uh, we'll maybe swap some hunt stories after that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like Zach mentioned, um, I have been an NBA member since the day I was born. Um, my dad, you know, started us young with that. Um, it's something he's really enjoyed and he's passed that on to us. Um, I can't say enough about the NBA and 
kind of what it has meant to us and all the friendships that it has created. Um, and it's uh, the events we look to um, look forward to every year, um, whether it be Halsey and then the um, banquet in, uh, in Kearney. So things we always look forward to every year. And like I said, those friendships that have, we've created through those, those are going to last forever. Um, I mean, like Zach was saying, we were just little guys running around probably in our underwear and it doesn't seem that long ago, but um, like I said, dad started us young. He, uh, he actually made um, long bows for us out of cedar limbs. And those were kind of our first, first bows we uh, started with. I'm sure Zach maybe remembers those. Um, I was going to say, I think I still have the thing hanging back home in Nebraska. It's, it's uh, there were pictures of us, man. We couldn't have been more than probably four years old at the time. We were, oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. But but yeah, um, like I said, I can't say enough of good enough good things about the NBA. Um, I'll be forever grateful um, what it has done for me and what bow hunting has done for me. And like I said, the friends and um, basically family kind of community that the NBA is to me. So well said. Well, Sage, I uh, I was looking through your pictures right before we got on here to remember everything and uh man the past couple of years we could sit here and tell stories till, till <laughs> oh midnight. yeah uh, past couple of years have been absolutely phenomenal um that's mainly what i wanted to talk about um it's really kind of when it seems like you started going out on a lot of hunts and stuff kind of exploring some new hunts you hadn't done yet why don't you go ahead and just Take it from the top. Let's start two years ago because I know two years ago was just an absolute banner year for you. I mean, one guy's one the guys often dream about that, you know, just seems like a dream. But uh, why don't you just go ahead and start with that wherever you want? Um, and like I said, we could tell stories till midnight. Let's just uh, start with last season. Just last year, you're saying? Yeah, just last year. Um, yeah, I know you yeah. and Kale shared that special antelope hunt early on and, uh, yep. had a rodeo with that one, I think. Oh yeah. No. So yeah. Like, like you're saying, Zach, Kale and I, um, this is kind of one of the first trips him and I have really went on together, just me and him kind of an actual trip. Um, I can't remember what dad was doing, but we were like, Hey, just you and me, let's go, let's go out in the Hills. We, uh, I can't remember how we got connected with the guy, but, um, asked a landowner out west hey can do you care if we chase around some antelope with our bows and he's like i hope you guys shoot every single one of those things so um so yeah we we started out with that and kind of the first day just figured out where the antelope were you know and kind of the lay of the land and um i mean we were seeing antelope about wherever we were going so we knew there was good numbers there and we looked and looked and looked had multiple close encounters um kale and i kind of just both took turns on stocks um so like the first day i think i maybe got two stocks and he maybe got two stocks really close encounters and um and you know how antelope hunting goes and how their eyesight is and, and everything but um we absolutely love it and that's why we do it for the next for the next chase and the next chase and that's always my favorite hunt is the next one. So, um, so day two, it was a really hot one. I think it was, I mean, almost a hundred degrees, you know, how those early season hunts are. And, um, I remember we took a nap. 
I don't know. We, we found one tree to park my pickup in and turn the AC on and took probably an hour nap. And I mean, we usually don't do that very often, but that early in the year and with the heat and everything, we were really feeling it, especially day two um, and all the miles we put in on day one. So, um, but yeah, that evening we kind of, like you said, had a little rodeo. Kale went off chasing a buck that he saw and there was another group that I was going to try to get on and Kale got really really close to that one and it ended up not working out for him and he kind of saw me working into position on one and um I can't remember exactly how far it was but um I was trying to sneak down close to a windmill because there was a buck and a doe right next to the windmill and um a coyote had came down so they were focused on the coyote so I was trying to sneak in and push closer and push closer and I told myself if he got within 80 yards that I was probably going to try to take a shot. Um, and I know that's pushing it, but, but opportunities for antelope. Um, and I've, and I enjoy practicing at long distances. So I felt comfortable making that shot. And I think he was exactly almost right at 80 yards. And I was like, well, this is probably the best it's going to get. And, uh, was able to, I shouldn't say put a good shot on him, but by the time my arrow had got there, he had taken a step forward and I hit him a little back, but I was able to, track him down real quick and come up and put another shot on him and um that was it was a really special hunt to start the year like I said with my brother and um it like I said bow hunting to me is creating memories with your family and friends and doing whatever gets you excited and that I mean that moment right there got me really excited so um so that was really fun and then it was dark and we had a heck of a time getting back to the pickup and getting back to the antelope. And then by that time it was probably, I don't know, midnight. And, um, like you said, it's a, it was a bit of a rodeo, but, but we love it and I'd do it all over again. So, so yeah, that was, that was the start of the year. Um, I can't remember what I had going on. Um, I think football probably started and I was busy and, um, dad and Kale, I think ended up going back to the same spot and Kale shot a, a stud kind of a freak freak antelope um that we had never saw the first time we had went but kale went back a week or two later and was able to able to put an antelope down too so and that was his first i believe his first nebraska antelope and that one i got was my second nebraska antelope with my bow so um so yeah really fun hunt really special hunt there to be with my brother and yeah that was a fun one um yeah so after the antelope hunt i got a I'm going to go through some pictures on my phone just to remind myself of timeline yeah, right here. I think he had a pretty big dates and stuff. All right. Yeah, here we go. So, so yeah, that antelope hunt was the opening weekend. September 5th is when I got him and then Kale went back. Yeah. The weekend later, September 11th and was able to get one. Um, but yeah, then, I mean, like I said, you get kind of busy and with deer hunting, especially mule deer, um, you can head to the hills and, you know, put on a stock and it doesn't really matter the timeline of the year. We, we prefer whitetails kind of waiting for that right time, you know, to go in on whitetails later October and then into November there. But, um, but yeah, so I went back home. I think it wasn't the last weekend in October because that's my favorite weekend to um, whitetail hunt. But I think it was the weekend before, so middle October, let's say. Um, Kale and I saw two pretty nice bucks that we had spotted and we were like, yeah, let's try to get in position and see if we can, you know, make something happen, see if they're deer that we maybe want to try to get a shot at. And, um, there was one, he was 
a more mature buck. He was a five by five and I didn't know that he just broke off one of his splits at the time, you know, but, um, like I said, I, I knew it was a mature animal and it was, it was getting me excited. And that's, that's what matters to me the most. And, uh, was able to work in and he presented me a 50 yard shot and quartering away and kind of entered a little farther back than I wanted to, but, you know, like I said, with the quartering away shot, um, it kind of went up in there and he ran a hundred yards down in a, the deepest bottom of the Hills out there, of course. And that's how it works. But he, he expired down there in the bottom and that, that was another really memorable, memorable one for me. Cause my brother Kale was there with me. And, um, so yeah, like, like you said, Zach, really to a hot start to the season there. And I, I was, I was pleased, you know, with how the season was going and, but like I said, looking forward to that next hunt. Always the next hunt is my favorite one. And, um, That's right. That, that next one. And <laughs> you got you got to go into detail on this next one because it's I, uh, it's one of the crazier whitetail ones I've ever heard. Um, and oh yeah, definitely one of the coolest looking whitetails I've ever seen. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Um, so, so yeah, it was. I had went home that weekend and took care of my mule deer. And um, like I said, that last weekend of October is always my favorite weekend um, to really get going after whitetails. For me, the pre-rut is a great time um, to really, to really call a mature whitetail. And that's really, in my opinion, when they start getting on their feet and start getting a little antsy and, um, I don't know. Like I said, that's, that's just my favorite time of the year. And it, it could be because it's, I've had the most success that weekend throughout the years, but, um, but yeah, anyways, um, the very next weekend, I put myself in a stand that I've had some success in before. Um, I've actually got two white tail on my wall here. And like you said, Zach, it's a crazy story, but they both came from the same exact stand. So um, we knew we, it's a tiny little pinch point from bedding into feed. Um, and it's just a perfect little spot. So, um, but yeah, going into a little bit more detail, I, I took Friday off of school and I was like, I want to get in the stand early. So I'm just going to take all day off. Um, I think I probably got in the stand at three o'clock. Um, so, and like I said, it was that time of year. So I was hitting the, hitting the antlers rattling about every, every 30 minutes to an hour when I thought, you know, not much has been happening or I haven't been seeing anything. I'm going to make some noise. Um, and then kind of in the, in the bedding, like I said, you can see over the bedding area, I could see a nice rack kind of just making its way through, um, kind of headed my direction, kind of not, um, couldn't really tell. Like I, like I said, that, that bedding area is CRP cattails. I mean, it's kind of a swamp and it's tall, um, tall stuff. So you kind of see him for a second and then you don't, um, kind of thought he was working my way. And I was like, all right, I just got to keep my eyes peeled, keep my eyes peeled. Um, I thought he was going to work out in front of me. Um, but then all of a sudden, boom, out, like I said, out of nowhere, just probably a hundred yards away standing right there. And I was like, all right, perfect. Had my grunt tube, um, kind of right inside of my jacket. So I pulled that out, let out two two grunts just to make sure he could hear me and he whipped his head 
straight down at me. So I didn't move, didn't move. Um, and then sure enough, he turned and started walking right to me. Um, and I knew I was going to have to wait till he got close. So I had a good shot. Um, so I, I grabbed my bow, didn't move unless he was moving. When he had his head down, I stood up um, and I waited till he, I think the shot was 25 yards. So he, he walked in right there. And like I said, perfect 25 yard shot and absolutely just smoked him. He ran 30, 30 yards behind me, stood there, had no idea what happened and then just fell over, fell over dead. So, um, I didn't know exactly how big he was at the time. And, but I knew, I knew he was a big deer. Um, and like I said, it, it got me excited. So that's, that's what I was going after. And it was a mature deer. So I definitely was, wasn't going to let that opportunity slip up. So, um, but yeah, I ended up getting out of my stand, called, called my dad and, um, mom, mom, dad, and brother all came down and helped me get him loaded up. And it's, it's the biggest whitetail I've ever shot and, um, not official scoring. I, I scored him, um, one antler, you know, plus the other antler in the, in the spread, not, not the official, but I got him at 163. Um, but I think official, you know, um, was he was in the one forties or something, but he didn't yeah. have enough stuff on him to be um, scored as a non-typical, but um, like I said, scores, scores to me, don't, it's not that I, big. Of, everyone, you know, wants to shoot that 170 plus yeah. 170 plus, but I, I mean, and I will, I will say this. You first, first you said earlier, it got me excited. And yeah. first thing I was going to say, if you didn't get excited seeing that deer, you need to stop <laughs> hunting whitetails because that thing is a freak. And not only that, the score does not reflect that deer. I've seen, I've seen some 160 some inch deer, 170 inch deer that are not as impressive as that deer that I would take oh, a yeah. deer over any day. Yeah. I mean, oh, it is right side. The mass that goes throughout the main beam. I mean, I grab the middle of the main beam and I can barely get my hand all the way around it. So thing looks like um, a baby moose is what it looks like. It's just he's got lines going he's got all over splits and yeah, no, he's he's a really cool deer. Um, but like I said, it it it's honestly tough for me. I get excited when I see a a one fifteen walk by at twenty yards, you know. Yeah. But but it, it's really one. hard for me. It's really hard for me to pass up a a pope and young deer if they're going to walk within 30 yards, you know, exactly but, right. Especially um, when you can call them in like that. I think that just adds so much more that, man, just seeing them get all fired up and come right in and, oh, yeah. and you oh, smoke yeah. them and watch them tip over that. Uh, yep. And the first thing about that deer is, like I said, the score doesn't reflect what how impressive <laughs> he is, but then just the story of just getting him to, I mean, essentially come right in on a rope to you and you watch him tip over behind right. you. That's, Oh yeah. It's, it, it was awesome. I, <laughs> that's all I can say about it. It was, it was awesome. Absolutely incredible deer. Yeah. That was a, that was quite the season. Like I said, that's one guys dream about, but often don't have, especially to share those hunts with your brother. And it was cracking me up earlier when you were talking about taking a nap because your brother is maybe, Oh, he's, he, he's the king, he's of, naps. king of naps. I've, <laughs> I've seen that guy take naps on the Missouri river when we're hitting white caps going full bore and he, that guy can fall asleep anywhere. It's Oh yeah. No, it's, 
And like I said, I'm usually a go, go, go guy, but after, after 10 miles or so in the hundred degrees, it, you got to take a little break, especially that early season stuff, but. Oh yeah, that's exactly right. Your dad might disagree, but. (laughs) Especially uh, if you're on a few day hunt, you know. Exactly right. And if you're with kale, that's naps are going to come in somewhere in the play oftentimes multiple times a day. Oh yeah. But, but yeah, no, like you said, it was a, it was a heck of a season. Um, I was able to, you know, all in Nebraska, get a, get an antelope whitetail and a mule deer. Um, I did the same thing the, se- the season before. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I, almost, I, man, I was focusing on the last two seasons and I, uh, almost completely forgot that giant you shot was your first Nebraska antelope, man. That was, uh, yeah, that pictures here, that thing. That, yeah. that one was a crazy trip. And I, you know, I worked hard for that one. We, I think I took three different trips out there and had so many close opportunities and, um, for one to finally work out and especially get a antelope like that in Nebraska, you know, it made it that much worth it. And, um, yeah, no, that, that was a fun one too. So that was a real good one. Your dad was with you on that one, wasn't he? Yep. He, he was the one. I had kind of came back home. I was like, let's go chase some deer or something. He's like, gosh, I let's go antelope hunting. I was like, are you serious? It was like late, later October. And I was yeah, like, getting at, to start getting ready to right start. Now. October ready 18th. To start. Yeah. That's uh that's getting late for goats right there. Yeah. I was getting ready to start deer hunting, you know? And um, yeah, he was like, let's go one more time. I was like, all right, let's do it. And yeah, made it, made it happen. Heck yeah. That was a, heck of an animal but uh yeah that was a that was a great season and then you uh didn't fail the next year to start getting right after it I saw you went out on there was that your first uh no you went to Wyoming I guess when you were younger real young yeah no you and Kale. but uh I was able to, to go on that that trip with your dad my dad I think Rick Shack you know Aaron Miller I was just a little guy I was maybe 14 years old maybe even younger than that, but, but yeah, we, I went out on a antelope hunt with them and we shot, shot when I got, I got a Wyoming antelope when I was younger. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Um, but yeah, you went out to Montana, I think to kick off the next season, didn't you? Yep. Yep. This year, dad and I, um, I've been applying for, you know, some different States and, um, dad was like, I think I'm going to draw a Montana, Montana tag this year. What do you think? And I was like, well, I've got this many points. And he's like, Oh, you should, you should get one. I was like, all right. So, um, he drew a tag and I drew a tag and yeah, no, that was a, that was a really fun trip. That was quite the terrain. And that, that one was, that one was a grind for me. Um, dad had went out earlier and he got one, I think his very first day. And, um, he's like, all right, we got to go back what week and works for you. So I picked a weekend and he's like, yep, let's go. And I think it was the first weekend in September. And um, yeah, no, it was, that was an adventure. And I, it's always really cool. You know, the places that bow hunting can take you. And I think you're a big, a big, you know, you can say a lot of, about that, especially with you being in Alaska and all of the crazy things you can go do now. But, um, but yeah, the places that bow hunting can take you. Um, Montana was really cool. You know, there's not much there's not much features to it. It's pretty, pretty flat. Um, so that adds in, you know, in a little, 
a little tougher, but the number of antelope are a lot higher than Nebraska. So um, if you keep staying after it, you know, your chances, chances of being successful, obviously increase. And that was first day was a grind. Second day was a grind, you know, third day doubts started kind of getting in my head and, um, but we stayed after it, stayed after it, stayed after it and saw some really nice antelope. I, I'm still kicking myself, um, on day two, I put a great stock on a huge antelope would be my biggest antelope ever. Um, crawled on my hands and knees in a little, little Creek bed or something, just full of rocks. And I, I mean, I probably crawled for 300 yards to get, try to in position to get a shot on this antelope. And my, my knuckles were bleeding, my knees were bleeding and I was exhausted. Um, but came up, ranged him at 50 yards. And I was like, Oh yeah, this, this is, this is nice. And, um, drew my bow back and kind of was letting my pin settle in there. And, and it's my fault. I, he was at 53 yards and I think just 50 in my head was a number I was kind of set on. So I had my 50, like right on his, the pocket of his elbow and just grazed hair off his belly. Um, so I, I definitely think back to that one a lot. Um, cause I should have probably made that one happen, especially on, on that antelope and that, I mean, it was, it was a nice one. I, I mean, as bow hunters, you know, we miss make mistakes and, um, but you got to keep going. So, but yeah, then that day three, I think that was our last day. We were going to head home, um, on day four because, you know, such a long drive and, um, had to get back to school. And I think we had football games that week or whatever, but, um, but yeah, we were like, all right, we got to hunt all day. And if we need it, we could probably hunt till noon that fourth day if we need it, but hunted hard all day, day three. And, uh, and then the afternoon of day three, um, I actually, we actually set up the blind. Um, there was water holes all over the place. So we couldn't pinpoint, you know, one specific water hole they were going to. Um, but we actually, there was an alfalfa field that these antelope were feeding on every day. So every morning they would go out to the alfalfa field and then the evening they would head back into the hills. So we were like, well, there's one tree right there. We could probably try to set the blind up and hopefully they'll walk within, you know, shooting distance. And that's exactly what we did after the morning, you know, kind of had a few opportunities. We noticed the field wasn't completely full yet. So some were still, still probably headed to that field. So we threw the blind up and dad kind of just sat back and watched and sure enough had, had a doe and, two younger bucks. And, but at this point, day three, um, I wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to be picky. I wanted to fill a tag and take some meat home. So, um, had him walk by at 90 and I was like, Josh, I, that's a really long shot. Um, you know, I, I probably wouldn't take that shot normally. And I, I went to the total archery challenge earlier in the year, practiced a lot of really long shots. Um, some people will probably question ethics from that distance and, and whatnot, but, you know, I felt comfortable trying to make that shot. And, um, like I said, 90, 90, 98 yards, I think is what it was. And I was like, well, I'm going to try to make it happen. Um, made a shot and I hit him and was able to go get another arrow in him. And that was, you know worked worked really hard for that one so um absolutely and you know people 
can say all they want about the longer distances, um, especially with the antelope. You know, people question some of those longer shots sometimes. But if number one, you're practicing out that far, so you're. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If you're confident, there's there's you know that you can make the shot. There's no doubt that you'd take it if you know you've been practicing out out to that distance. And especially with the antelope, if you aren't willing to take some longer shots, uh, you find pretty quick you're going to eat tags on those things pretty fast because. Uh, there was there was plenty of far shots taken and missed on that trip. Yeah, well that that's kind of a common theme with antelope and uh you know, it's a lot different than hunting deer, that's for sure. Um marginal oh, yeah. hits on on antelope, you got a little more room for air on those things than you do deer and the uh, people who haven't hunted them might might take that the wrong way, but that's just like I said that's antelope hunting right there. You got to be willing to take longer shots and leading up to your antelope hunts. That's that's why you practice out to, you know, 70, 80, 90, um, you know, antelope aren't, you know, a critter that you often get 30 yard shots on. I think if you ask, yep. you know, your dad, my dad who have killed, who knows how many antelope, if you took their average shot distance on, on their antelope, you'll find. Oh, they're, they're all, they're all further shots. Definitely. But yeah. Yeah. But. And then I also feel like we do a really good job. You know, if you do, if you don't make a perfect shot, you know, trying to, get in there and make a second shot count and, you know, help that, um, animal expire as quickly as possible, you know, just out of respect for him and everything. So, um, exactly. we're not, we're not much of sit and wait guys and let them die. We're going to go in right away, you know, and finish the deal and seal the deal. So. Yep. That's exactly right. Couldn't have said it better. But uh, yeah. And then, also, and then also an antelope meat is my, honestly, a lot. I know a lot of people, dog on it and some people don't like it but um i feel like we also do a really good job of taking care of our meat right away you know especially at for antelope i think the biggest thing is getting them cooled down right away mm -hmm. um but and then keeping the meat clean um and i feel we do probably extra steps than a lot of people to help take care of our meat but antelope meat is it's it's one of my favorite i i enjoy it more than mule deer or whitetail or any deer so um antelope antelope's my favorite i'm a hundred percent with you i know a lot of guys who have said the same thing who've tried you know every wild game pretty much there is to offer an antelope still continues to be their favorite including myself i'd take antelope right. over honestly take it over elk or you know whitetail or any of that that's that's as good as it gets but like you said the biggest thing about that is getting it cooled off that hair is a big thing on those they got yep. that uh, you, you know how they smell they smell like a stale bag of fritos and if you get that on the meat <laughs> they, they taste like the same thing but yep, yep. especially guys, like especially on those longer trips you know too where you have a 10 plus hour drive home um really important you know to try to keep it clean and keep it cool so exactly you're hunting them early on too so a lot of guys just leave them sit in the back of their pickup and it's 100 degrees and yeah if you leave a you know a an angus cow in the back of your rig and it's 100 degrees it's still it's going to taste bad too it's all about taking care of it and and uh, yep. a lot of people look at you weird saying antelopes are favorite but yeah um, nope a lot of people have called me crazy and i'm like well you come over to my house and we'll cook it for you one time and you tell me that it's not good so exactly or if you shoot one i'll take it off your hands for you oh yeah absolutely <laughs> that's right no so that was an early start and uh and I, you got a, 
man i can't i didn't even i don't even have the picture on your social media i think i'd have to dig through pictures in my text um, um your gear this year. it's it's on there it's um it's behind that picture i posted of me in the tree stand or whatever it's the second photo in on that oh okay yeah i, I thought i'd seen it somewhere yep yep that's what it was i knew i had a text of it from you for for sure but i'd have to do some digging but, yeah um, i don't yeah, think that no. was too long after that hunt that might have was that october um yeah I, I believe it was in october um like i said all these all these dates run together um yeah, that was a that was a good hunt though that was a spot and stock one that's a, yep so that that was my first spot and stock whitetail um so yeah that that was really cool really fun dad and i dad and i had went out to the hills you know kind of chasing muleys in one of our muley spots and um you know saw saw quite a few from our glassing hill and we're like all right let's go in there and you know try to make something happen and um see if we can't find a good one and we were actually driving a side by side the grass has been really tall out there and it's been with how dry of a year it was we didn't want to drive the pickup in there you know and potentially have any grass start on fire or anything so so we were driving a side by side and um, dad was like, gosh, I don't know. We better stop here instead of driving up on top of this hill that I've seen quite a few deer in this pocket before. And I was like, all right. Yeah. So I kind of sneak up to the edge and um, sure enough, it was buried deep in a cedar tree. And uh, I was like, gosh, that that there's something bedded under that cedar tree, dad. And he's like, you think so? And it's funny now because I was like, I think it's a coyote and dad's like, seriously. So dad was like, well, let me get my bow. I'll shoot it. And I was like, all right, yeah, sure. Fine. Um, but he was just tucked so deep in there and it looked like it had a reddish butt and like a longer tail. And, um, like I said, we were, the longer we looked at it, longer we looked at it. Dad was like, I, I see a hoof. I was like, Oh shoot. Yeah, you're right. It's a deer. Um, we couldn't tell what it was very well, but, um, the longer we sat there and looked, we we're like, all right, that's a, that's a white tail. Um, so dad's like, go get your bow and just kind of get in position and see if you can tell what he is. And if maybe it's one you want to try to, you know, get a shot at. And, um, so I was like, all right. So I grabbed my bow and it was, it was perfect. I was able to put a cedar tree between me and him. And I crawled up to that cedar tree and ranged, ranged the tree. He was under at 40 yards. So I kind of, just laid my bow up against the tree and sat there and got comfortable. And, um, a lot of the times with spot and stock when I was younger, I feel like I pushed the issue a lot. You know, I was impatient and trying to get a shot in their bed. Um, but obviously I've learned and matured and grown, grown from that. So, cause I, I blew a lot of stocks from doing that, but, um, the past few mule deer I've got, I've sat for two plus hours, just waiting for them to stand up out of their bed, you know, to offer me a shot. And, um, if it's an animal you're willing to sit there that long for and get a shot on, you know, I, I, to me that, that time doesn't mean anything, you know, if you're going to want to go after that animal, I'll sit there all day if I need to. But, but uh, kind of the same thing, like I said, I sat there for maybe two hours and he finally stood up out of his bed and um, actually stepped out from behind the cedar tree. And I was like, Oh wow, that's actually a, a pretty nice white tail. I could never really tell exactly what he was because he was buried so deep in there. Um, but yeah, he, he stepped out and, um, I don't know the correct term of what he was chewing on or whatever, but we always, we call it butt, 
buckbrush, um, kind of those green little green little berries, whatever. He was kind of chewing on some of that. And, um, he was kind of side hilling it, facing me, quartering two, pretty good. So I was just, you know, kind of waiting for a perfect shot, waiting for a perfect shot. And um, he finally eventually turned broadside and um, ranged him one more last time, made sure, you know, none of that brush kind of was in the way of my arrow or was going to deflect my arrow because he had no idea I was there. I was hidden, you know, hidden really well, and I was just going to take my time. So um, ranged him at 40, drew back, and held it right where I wanted, hit right where I wanted, and he ran almost directly right to me, um, kind of stopped on the side of the hill I was on at 30 yards, and I was like, well, he's just standing there, so I put another arrow on, and then he, he tipped over and um, fell down into the bottom of the hill. I made a, made a really good shot on that one, so... Um, so I stood up and kind of crested the top of the hill and dad's like, what, what are you doing? It's like, what, what do you mean? He's, I like, you know, put my bow in the air and he's like, shut up. No, you, no, you didn't. I was like, yeah, he's like, I, he's like, I was watching the whole time. And then I went back to the side by side to get something to drink. And then, and then I had, you know, he, he wanted to watch it, but you know, sitting there for two hours and, um, and everything, but he was really excited and, we walked over there and like I said, he was, he was laying there, laying there dead, made a perfect shot. So, um, but yeah, he was a really nice white tail. Definitely, you know, spot and stock. Um, I'll, I'll take it. So um, I think he, he had over a 20 inch spread. He was really wide. Um, was a six by six kind of had a few points here, there. Um, but, but yeah, definitely a, definitely an animal or an animal that I would shoot nine times out of 10, you know, so. Well, absolutely. Especially spot and stock, you know, your standards on spot and stock for whitetail, especially you lower them a little bit. That's even one that, and if he came under a tree, if you don't shoot that thing, you're out of your mind. That just <laughs> oh, wide. Yeah. He's, got, he's got that little kicker, man. He was a, he was an awesome buck. Yep. No, he's, he was a really cool buck. Was really, really happy with that one. But, but yeah, then, like I said, we kind of were treating that as a mule deer hunt, but, um, kind of saw some mule, mule deer that we were maybe wanting to chase a little bit, saw a really old, old one. And we went back the very next morning and got him located and spotted and dad was able to sneak in and get a shot on him. So we kind of, kind of doubled up, um, not on the same day, but you know, back to back days, we went out there and dad was able to get one too. So that was, that was really cool to do. Oh yeah. That always makes it special. Doubling up, and your, your dad's the king of mule deer too. We we all know that. He didn't he didn't even shoot a whitetail this year. I know. Muley's Muley's only. I and I asked him. I was like, "When's the last time you haven't shot a whitetail?" And he's like, huh, "I have no idea." <laughs> Man, he's killed some good ones too. Oh yeah, def definitely. Heck, no. Yeah. And your uh, second buck this year. Um, Man, I don't even know if I've heard the story on that one. Nope, that's the only one I got this year. Really? What what one am I thinking of then? I don't know. Are you thinking of one from last year or something? It might have been. Could have been. No. Yep. No, so but that... I, I like I said, that was middle October and I hunted pretty hard, you know, um, in the whitetail stands later in October and in into November. And, you know, just I mean. I love sitting in the stand. I'll go every single time that I can. And, um, there's never been a time where I was, I regretted not going, you know, hunting or just sitting. 
you know, um, we always say you never know if you don't go. Um, so, and, and it's better than sit, sitting at home on the couch. So I sat in the stand plenty of times this year. I just never, never had any opportunities at any animals, you know, that I felt like they were mature and I had already had an antelope and a whitetail in the freezer. So I was good on meat. And, um, but yeah, just kind of scouted, scouted a few spots this year. And, um, but, but yeah, that just, just that Montana antelope and then my Nebraska whitetail this year were the two two animals that I got so gotcha you know you you tagged along with Kale on some didn't you his I know he had a he had a saga with that big muley this year but finally yep. got him down I, I I was with him on the first I, I guess he was probably chasing him before I went with him the one time but gosh we got we got really close um the one time I was with him um I think we were at 40 yards and the doe that was with him, he was chasing a doe the whole time. The doe that was with him spooked and we ne he never got a shot off. And, um, I, I actually had the coyote rifle with me <laughs> and, uh, I was like, Hey, you go chase that, you go chase that buck. You know, he just ran over a few Hills. I was like, run over there and see if you can find, find him. Cause I had seen a few coyotes running around and I was actually able to shoot four coyotes that morning, just kind of wandering around, walking around, trying to, um, make my way back with kale, but, um, but yeah, no, we, I was with him on that hunt and I was able to shoot a few coyotes with the 22, 250 and, um, kale was able to finally get a shot at him, um, later in the year, but, but yeah. And I'm looking, uh, trying to think what buck I was confused on. Oh, I think it was, a. That's one. Yeah, it was a. I was thinking of a different buck. That 2019 buck, the real creaky one. I don't know why oh, I was with confused. The, with that. the two inline, the two inline points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was from the same stand, right? That that was yeah. So the okay, white that, that's, that, that was the one from the same same stand. Yep. Yeah, that's where I was confused. Yeah, I had my ears mixed up. That was a stud buck too, man. Yeah, he. Uh, I think. I think actually at the banquet, you know, you, we all enter our scores and everything. He, uh, he was the number one non-typical, um, buck in Nebraska that year, I guess, you know, from through the NBA and through people that entered, right. um, but, but yeah, they always give an award for the top, you know, typical, non-typical. And I was able to get the number one entry non-typical. Um, he was one fifty eight something. So to, so to shoot, yeah, two one sixties. I mean, basically 160 is right there in the same exact stand. That's unheard of. That's, yeah, you know, exactly. And, and, feel, and the one that feel really that lucky. One, you, exactly. And that one that, uh, that you got the award for, that was a net score too. That, cause those yeah, that, that was net. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, that same thing with him, you know, um, it was that early, early, or I mean, late October pre rut and uh was able to grunt him into right right there to 20 yards so i like i said that that pre-rut's my favorite time i think they're wanting you know to start chasing and get fired up and if you can get you know in their core area and call them in i think you can have a lot of success so absolutely that's one of my favorite times to hunt too a lot of guys 
wait till that first week in November and kind of take that as a time to rest. But I think that's one of the best times to be in the stand yeah. because I've seen a lot of bucks on their feet during that time. I yeah. love late October. October, Halloween, Halloween's my favorite, my favorite day, you know. Um, but but yeah, everyone always talks about November, November, November. I've been tagged out a lot before November even started. Yep. So. Exactly. But. Like I said, a lot of guys throw around that term October wool and take that as a time to rest for the upcoming November rut. And man, that's, that's the time you can be punching tags. Yeah. Like I said, that the pre-rut pre-rut's my favorite. Um, I mean, not to dog on the actual rut, you know, some crazy stuff can happen, but I feel like during the pre-rut, they're a lot more callable. Um, I feel like your chances are a lot more likely in the pre-rut to call, call in an interested buck, you know, instead of maybe he's with a doe and, his lack of focus isn't there, but yeah, that pre rut, I feel like they want something to happen. And if you can put yourself in the right, right spot, you know, your chances, chances are much, pretty good. Much more predictable than too. Whereas during the rut, they're just wherever, whenever, you know, it's yeah. like they might follow a doe two miles from your property or be but, locked down with one. Um, like you said, not to dog on the rut, but that, that pre ruts my favorite. Yep. that's just that's just through my experiences and i've been successful then and you know obviously people are successful around their times or whatever time they believe in but that's like i said that's my favorite it's my favorite time to be in the stand i'll always be in the stand that halloween weekend yeah well you have good reason for it oh yeah (laughs) yeah other than that we'll wrap on your past couple phenomenal seasons what do you got planned this year anything in the works yet yeah, so I actually got a few really, really exciting hunts. Um, one of my buddies actually, he's ma- he got married already, but we never did a bachelor party for him. Um, but he's like, hey, we're going to go down to Texas. Um, do you want to come? And I was like, well, heck yeah, what are, what are we going to do? And he's like, well, let's, let's plan a hunt. And I was like, sweet, I'm in. Um, so we're actually going to do an Axis, oh, an wow. Axis hunt in Texas. Um, I'm kind of looking at it as a one-time opportunity. So I was like, yeah, sure. I'm going to, I'm going to do that and um, maybe get a few hogs shot, but, but then also looking into the fall, I have been applying in Iowa, you know, with me living in Eastern Nebraska. Um, I mean, the border's one hour away, um, the Iowa border. So I've been putting in for Iowa for a few years and um when I called in to ask about their application process and the units, the lady's like, well, what unit are you going to apply in? And is it archery or rifle? And I said, well, it'd be archery in this unit. She's like, well, I think you should um, draw in two years probably. So I was expecting to maybe get a tag this year, but that never happened. And so I'm thinking my chances are really good this year. So I'm hoping to get an Iowa, Iowa deer tag. Um, Looking really forward to that. Um, But then, yeah, just the usual, usual um antelope and mule deer and whitetail in nebraska i've got some points saved up for wyoming antelope and then i've been applying for wyoming and uh, montana elk for quite a few years now so um i'm not sure exactly when i'll do it but i'll probably apply you know and pick the right year and get to go do that um that's kind of my dream hunt that's the one hunt i really haven't been able to do yet is go elk hunting so um that's 
that's what next year's looking like. I mean, you got a lot of fun, fun, exciting things coming up. So um, I actually could probably even draw Wyoming antelope this year. I don't know yet. So we'll, we'll, we'll just see what happens. Awesome. That's the best way to go. Just make plans as, as things come. And sounds like you already got a full slate this fall. Uh, when are you going to Texas? Is that in the summer? Uh, so, yeah, we're going to go this summer. Um, I think it's in June. I want to say I can't remember the exact date, but it'll it'll be this June. So, um, yeah, no, I'm actually it's it's cool that you can go down there and do that. There's no seasons for it, you know, yeah. so um, I get summers off as a teacher. And um, so, yeah, that'll be a fun, fun little adventure venture to go down to Texas. I've never been to Texas before. And um, yeah, no, that'll be that'll be really cool. Oh, man, keep me keep me entertained keep me entertained bow hunting wise over the over the summer but um, that's, that's right the guy's gotta gotta find a way to stay occupied in the off season bow fishing only does so much i gotta <laughs> bow fishing four, four-legged critters um yeah yep. that'll be a blast though with a bunch of buddies and i've heard that access meets phenomenal too yeah they they've said it they've said it's really good so i'm looking forward to trying that and um obviously gonna try you know really hard to put one put one down with my bow but um it's an any weapon thing so um i guess if it comes down to the last day and you know want to take some meat home i'm going to bring the rifle with me as well but i'm going to do anything i can anything and everything i can to try to get one with my bow so yep that's right especially especially on those trips with buddies you know it's uh you're there to spend time with them too and stuff so you gotta gotta make do with what opportunities are given so yep uh, absolutely so yep that's that's what i got planned for next year and like i said really excited i've been wanting to hunt iowa you know everyone dreams of you know hunting iowa whitetail and um i actually did a little shed hunting last year at a few spots just to you know kind of check some stuff out i found a pretty nice match set on some public land and um kind of just looking at public land right now i might try to reach out to some landowners you know just to have some extra options options just because i know how public land is sometimes um but but yeah we'll see well awesome i can say uh hunting public land in iowa is different than nebraska too there's a reason you got to apply for the state you can't just walk in there and get a tag so you're a lot of their public's better than a lot of our private. So I think. Uh, yeah, some of the stuff, some of the stuff I walked last year, I was like, this is, this is pretty awesome. And then even just the amount of public land, you know, um, oh, compa yeah. compared to Nebraska. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited for that. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be a good experience. Like I said, you got a full slate and another opportunity to hunt another state. Always got to take advantage of that. It's never. Yep. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, Sage, I appreciate you coming on, swapping stories. Uh, you going to be at the banquet? Yep, really, really looking forward to that. Like I said, it's something we look forward to every year and seeing family and friends and, um, yeah, looking looking forward to it. Be our kids, kids' first bow hunters banquet. And um, I know a lot of people are excited to meet him and see him. And um, but, but, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Awesome, man. Wish I could make it there, so have some fun down there for me. And anybody listening to this, if you haven't met Sage, I highly encourage you to go go introduce yourself to him. He's a heck of a guy. And, uh, man, you, you uh, taking any mounts down there? Uh, yeah, it's funny. Your dad actually texted me because um, I know last year they uh, 
they kind of had a lower number of mounts and your dad was like, Hey, bring, bring some down. So, um, I'm probably going to bring down my, my white tail that I shot last year. Um, the one we were talking about. And then, and then I might bring my antelope with me too. Cause I've never taken that mount down there. My Nebraska antelope from two years ago, but, um, I was actually going to bring it last year and I'm kind of mad. I didn't cause there was zero antelope mounts at the banquet last year. Really? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, nope. I'm going to, I'll probably bring those two along and, um, if everything fits in the vehicle, you know, now with all the stuff we got to bring and, Oh yeah. Got a little fuller car now, but got to, got to squeeze a couple mounts in there. I was going to say two people will actually get a chance to see these deer we're talking about, especially that. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's the cool thing here. too. So yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah. We're looking forward to that. And like I said, always, always love telling stories. So yeah, like you said, if anyone wants to introduce themselves or maybe, maybe they don't know me, maybe I don't know you introduce yourself and yeah. Absolutely. That's right. I could talk, I could talk hunting, hunting stories all day. So I'm the same way here. That's the great thing about the banquet. You just find yourself talking, telling stories late in the night and more oftentimes than not to people you've never even met, don't even know. And they're willing to sit there and listen to you rattle on for two hours and you just met. So uh, that's what makes those things fun. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. We, we wish, we wish you could be there. Oh, believe me, I wish I could too. Um, if I hadn't came home for Christmas, I uh, might be looking at plane tickets for that weekend. But uh, yeah, maybe next year. I I got to make it one of these years because uh, it's one of my favorite weekends of the year, and it's going to be killing me missing this year. But uh, yeah. I'll be living vicariously. I'm sure I'll probably get some Snapchats or something from somebody seeing what's going on at the banquet. But I'll be thinking about you guys. That's for sure. Maybe we'll get a GoFundMe started or something to buy you a plane ticket for next year. Hey, there, there we go. There, there's <laughs> a good start. <laughs> we'll, we'll start that. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Sage, for coming on. Appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. You got anything else to add before we wrap up? Nope, not really. Like I said, I appreciate you having me on. And um, like I said, I could talk about bow hunting and bow hunting stories all day. It's, um a lot of people talk about hobbies and stuff but honestly this bow hunting is something i really think about 365 days out of the year so um to me it's more of a lifestyle and um i yeah i completely love it it's done it's done a lot for me it's taught me a lot taking me to a lot of cool places um i love the challenge of it so um yeah nope that's that's all i got thank thank you guys for having me on so yeah, you bet. Couldn't have said it better than myself. It's much more than a hobby. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, well, that's a wrap. This is the Good Life Bow Hunter, official podcast of the NBA, and this is me signing out. I'm guessing next time Kyle, I think down there, he's going to try recording one in person, and he'll get that going. So I uh, want to wish you guys all a happy banquet. Wish I could make it there, and sure miss seeing everybody. So thanks again, Sage, for coming on. Appreciate it. Yep. You bet. Thanks, Zach. You bet.